got a Bible, grab it, open it, turn it on, follow along on screen. we got our screens back. Super exciting. Got new projectors. It's really cool. Uh, so follow along on screen in your outline or use the Central Church app. Galatians uh, chapter 5 is where we're going to be at today. We're going to look at two verses um, in there, and, and that's that's it. But this is week number three of our series called Empowered. And in this series, we're looking at the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer, in the life of a follower of Jesus Christ. Um, Super quick review, week number one, I told you that because of the Holy Spirit, because of the Holy Spirit in us, um, we have unity, and we have power, we have spiritual gifts, and we are empowered to overcome anything the world throws at us. And when I say anything, I legitimately mean anything. The Bible says the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of us. And if that spirit, if there's power in Jesus raising from the dead, yes or no? Yes. Jesus overcame the grave, right? We're all going to agree on that. Jesus is alive. He overcame the grave. And if that spirit that raised Jesus from the dead gave him the ability to overcome the grave, if that lives in us, then we can overcome anything the world throws at us. Yes or no? Yes. Logically, some of you are like, I don't, I don't know, man. You don't know what I'm going through. I, I, I do. I not specifically know what you're going through, but, but I know you can overcome it because listen, that same Holy Spirit I know lives in me and he's helped me overcome things over and over and over again. And so in week number two, we talked more about that. We talked more about what empowered really means. And we talked about how Peter and John were, were empowered by the Holy Spirit and they went out and they preached the gospel and, and they, they healed the lame man and they walked in boldness because they had seen Jesus walk in boldness and they had touched people that that Jesus had touched and they, they had done the the same types of things because because when the Holy Spirit empow- filled them it empowered them to do these things and at the end of that message I told you all of these things are already inside of you they're they're there God has given them to you, and God wants you to use them, and God wants to manifest them in you to pour out of you. And so that's where we're going to pick off, or pick up where I left off last week, talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Everybody say fruit. Fruit. Say it again. One more time. And another. All right. That's what it is. It's not fruits of the Spirit. All right. It, it's just, it's not. It's fruit. Just one. I know I'm going to tell you in a minute there's nine of them. And I don't know why it's just fruit. But it's just fruit. That's all it is. It's not fruits of the Spirit. Just like it's internet. Not internets. I don't know. Some of you are like, but I say that all the time. I know you do. Stop it. There's only one net. That, that's it. Like Walmart. It's not Walmarts. How many of you say Walmarts? You're not going to raise your hand and let me know, are you? Like that's how redneck it is. Like, oh, I'm just like... This is Walmart. I'm not talking about any pet peeve I might have or anything right now. Anyway, these are the fruit of the Spirit. And again, there are nine of them right here in Galatians 5, verse 22 and 23. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of what? Right. So not these fruits. So right here in the Bible, it says it just like that. Produce this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now here's what's crazy. 
If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, listen, uh, I told you in week number one, there are things we have to be united on. This is one of the things that we have to be united on. The Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you at the moment of salvation. Right? Ephesians 1 says, as salvation, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. We're not going to argue that, right? Holy Spirit comes in the, in the moment of salvation. So when he comes to live inside of you, he puts these there. You already have these nine things. And, and so we all have nine fruit of the Spirit. Now, that doesn't mean they're always prevalent, okay? Because I know what you're thinking right now. You're looking at that going... Uh, no, we don't. <laughs> you must not live in me, uh, cause I got that gentleness, that joy, right? But, but, but at the end of the day, these are here. And sometimes we need to pray to have these sort of manifest inside of us to pour out of us. But we have these things. And so what I want to do with the rest of our time today is I want to go through each one. I'm going to have you out of here by four o'clock. Just, just kidding. I'll get you out of here on time. Actually, um, I, I said this all morning, even since Friday. Um, we're, we're not going to look at all nine in depth today, and maybe we're going to do part two next week. I, I guess I'm probably going to have to because I keep saying that. Um, but I want to go through all of them. Um, some of them we're going to look at a little bit more detail today. Um, but I'm going to mention all of them because I want to see how they practically play out in our lives. All right, here we go. First one is what? Love. Seven of you are paying attention. Um, first one is what? Love. Love. All right. All of us are going to have to agree on this next statement. There are some people in this world that are impossible to love. Agree or disagree? Something like, I don't know, man, because I'm sitting next to my wife right now, and I just don't know. Yes! There's some people who are impossible to love. We're about to spend time with them over Thanksgiving and Christmas. We call them relatives. No? Nothing? All right. Okay. Anyway, I'm going to tell you it's difficult to love some people. In fact, I think it's more difficult to love certain people in our country more than ever because of the divide that we have. Wouldn't you agree? Because one of the things, it's, it's difficult to love somebody that thinks differently than us. It's, it's difficult to love somebody that acts differently than us, that pulls for a different team or has a different political preference. It's difficult to love certain people. But for me, and I don't know about you, I might be the only person in this church that struggles with this. Um, but for me, the, the person that I have the most difficult time loving is actually in this room. And no, it's not John Sampson. <laughs> it's, it's me. It's, it's the person I see in the mirror every single morning. I have a difficult time loving me because I know everything about me. And, and, and if you knew everything about me, listen to me, if you knew everything about me, you wouldn't be here this morning, which is okay, because if I knew everything about you, I wouldn't want you here either. So, so we have something in common. I started thinking about this the other day. Um, I don't, um, years ago in our house, we cut cable. Anybody else cut cable? Anybody else? Like you just don't have cable. You did the whole cut cable. Why did you cut cable? This is not part of the message. I just want to know. Why did you cut cable? Because of what? Cost, Right. But now I've got Hulu and Netflix and Disney Plus and NFL Red Zone. And I pay more now than I did before. Anyway, another message for another time. But I don't, I don't watch regular TV ever 
except for Sunday night and Monday night football. Like, I watch football with Red Zone, which is the only way you should watch NFL football because it's absolutely phenomenal, no commercials or anything. So I don't see a lot of commercials unless I'm watching regular TV for Sunday night, Monday night football. Here's the problem. Right now is political ad time. And, and listen, no matter where you stand politically, let's admit, candidates put each other through the ringer, man, in an election cycle, right? Or they get their lives put through the ringer. People find dirt on every candidate and they bring it up and, and they just slam them. They find stuff from 5, 10, 15, 20, 180 years ago, things that their their relatives did who have been dead forever. They, they find things and they bring it up to shame the person, to cause disgrace to the person, to get you to hate another person. Now, let me ask you this question. What if somebody sat you down interviewed you, found out the two or three worst things about your entire life. I'm talking about things that maybe you have never, ever, ever told anybody. What if they found out those things and they say, hey, over the next week or two, we're going to take those things and we're going to broadcast them all day, probably every two or three hours for the entire world. How many of you would be excited about the worst thing in your life being broadcast to the world? Anybody? No! We get rid of our TVs, our smartphones, like none of us want to see that. The problem is the majority of us, most of us, while other people don't know the worst things about us, we know the worst things about us. And and for many of us, if we're not careful, we'll get that thing or those things on a loop over and over and over and over and over again in our minds. And when that happens... When that happens, we begin to believe it's impossible for God to love us. Listen, I say this to you all the time, but it's the truth. I don't have a hard time believing that God can love you. I don't struggle with that. I have a hard time believing that God can love me because I see how short I fall. Not just some days, on most days, right? And this is the trap I get into thinking. Well, one of these days... When I start doing this and I stop doing that, I'll be okay. One of these days, when I stop let, stop watching so much Netflix and start reading more Bible, I'll be all right. One of these days when I start doing this, I stop doing that. Are you following me? I'll be good. And then I start thinking about one of those days in the future, and I think maybe, just maybe one day, I'll be good enough for God to love me. But I have to focus so hard on this next statement, and I, and I say this all the time, and I'm going to continue to say this until the day Jesus takes me home. It's this. God is not in love with some future version of you. God is not in love with some future version of you. God loves you right now, today, just the way you are. Well, Ryan, you don't understand what I'm going I don't care what you're going through. God loves you right now, today. Just the way that you are. He's not in love with a future version of you. He's in love with you right here today. And and this is what his love for us does. His love allows us to change. He, He doesn't say, hey, get over here and I'll love you. He says, because I love you, you can get over here. There's a big difference in that. That's a different philosophy, yes or no. Yeah, and so for those of you who might be wrestling with this, does God love me? I I want you just to learn to pray this prayer. I've taught you many, many, many times. I say it to myself all the time, and I'll I'll tell you again. It's just simply this. God, teach me to see me as you see me. God, teach me to see me as you see me. God, teach Ryan to see Ryan as you see Ryan. 
Seriously, like, like, because, that, because that's how he works. That's how he operates. He'll, he'll show us that he actually loves us just the way that we are. We don't have to start and stop. He, he just, he loves us. Love. So, these are the next one is joy. Joy. Now, let's be honest. There are some people, man, they project joy. <laughs> it is not joy. Oh, what it is? It's fake. Is crack cocaine. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what, but you know what I'm talking about? Like you ever met those people that are like way over the top? You're like, hey man, how's it going? Oh my gosh, it's so good! The joy of the Lord in my strength! Praise Jesus! Okay, man. Like, calm down. We're going to have to cut out the caffeine. Like legit, crack kills. Like stop. Like, I mean, just like, it's, it's not, like, you met those people? They kind of overdo it. They're like way over the top. You know what I'm saying? But then there's the people that they have this. They have this joy in their life and you can't explain it. For example, one time at church, I walked in and I was having a pity party morning. This is on Sunday morning. I was having, you ever thrown yourself a pity party? Anybody? You get mad. Other people don't show up at your pity party. I want you to feel sorry for me so I can validate my sinfulness or, or whatever. I don't, I don't know. I, I was having that day. So I'm having a bad day. I'm like in pity party mode. And, and I know like you, your pastor, like when you look at me, all nine of these things are flowing out of me, man. So you're like, pastor, I can't believe that you would ever have a bad day. All right. So I'm having a bad day. I'm standing. I preached the first service. I'm standing in the back, back corner of the sanctuary, right behind that camera back there. I'm trying to figure out how I can go home. How I can do this during worship of the second service. I'm like, how can I go home? How can I go upstairs and tell these guys, just show the video of first service. Like I'm out. I don't want to be here. I don't want to preach. I don't like, I'm not in a good mood. I'm feeling sorry for myself. I just, I just need to get out of here. And so I'm standing back there trying to figure that out. And there's this woman, her name was Lori and she's worshiping and she's got both of her hands in the air. She's worshiping like crazy. She's got this huge smile on her face. It's just filling this entire room. Now, the reason I bring that up is this. I don't even know what my stupid pity party was about. Like, I don't even know what I was upset about. But at that time, Lori had terminal brain cancer and was told that she had less than a year to live. And I remember standing right back there saying, man, I want that. I, I want that. Because you know what that is? That's, that's joy. That's not happiness. Happiness is based on circumstance. Joy is based on who Jesus is. Circumstances change. Jesus doesn't ever change. Like, I'll never forget it. I'd happened to be like reading through and studying through the book of Nehemiah at, at, at the time. And I had just the day before went through the section of, of Nehemiah where it says, the, the, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And, and, and I saw it that day. And that day I said, I want that. I so want that. Like when somebody comes up to me and says, hey, Ryan, you know what? You got less than a year to live. I want to be able to say, sweet, awesome. I get to see Jesus in less than a year. What do I need to get done in this year? Rather than, God, how could you freaking do this to me? How could you, like, God, how could you let this happen to me? Are, are you kidding? Like, like I want, I want that. I want that joy. Like, I, I'm probably not even close to being there yet. But I've seen it. And I want it. Love and joy. Those are the first two. The third thing is peace. Peace. You, you notice in the world we live in, there ain't a whole lot of peace. 
really. I mean, even even in our in our country, even in our communities, not a lot of not a lot of peace. Uh, let me, uh, oh, this will be as political as I get for the rest of the message. All right, the New Testament. The New Testament tells us to pray for our government, our leaders. Pray for our government leaders and obey the laws. That, that's what the New Testament teaches. Now listen, that whole part of the New Testament, it wasn't written when there was a Republican in place. And it wasn't written when there was a Democrat or democracy in place. It was written when there was a dictator in place in Rome who thought he was God. And during that political climate, for 350 years, Christianity thrived. And Christianity reached half the known world with no technology, no smartphone, no internet, no social media. It, it grew by people taking Jesus at his word and, and, and loving one another. It, it grew because people knew who Jesus was and, and they believed in him and they, they knew what he did and they believed in that. And they went out and they proclaimed that with boldness through the power of the Holy Spirit and they loved each other. So I think if Christians would focus less on the White House and more on the church house, we would have more peace in our lives. If we just did that, if we just did that, we'd be able to make lasting change in this world that government can never bring about. Well, Pastor Ryan, government can make laws and change laws that make a difference. Really? Really? How many of you obeyed the speed limit on your way to church today? I didn't even drive and I broke the speed limit. Mary, why are you driving so slow? <laughs> Hypothetically speaking. L listen, listen, you can't legislate morality. You can't pass a law that changes the heart. But Jesus changes your heart. Jesus can and will change our hearts. That's where my peace comes from. My changed heart. All right, that's as political as I'm going to get. That was fun, isn't it? L let, me give you a, let me give you another example of peace. Um, I woke up last Wednesday morning, and my son Jaira asked me if I had heard the storm. I'm like, what storm? He's like, man, it was a crazy storm. Man, it was wind and thunder and tons of lightning, and, and I slept right through it. And I was mad because I love thunderstorms. Anybody else love thunderstorms? I love to be in the center of my house during a thunderstorm, all right? I don't like to be out on the porch watching it or outside chasing it or running around with an umbrella, like teasing God. He's going to get like, I, I don't enjoy any of that, but I slept through it. So I was ticked off. Now, the reason I slept through it is because in my room, I've got a fan and you can hear the fan and it's cold in my room and it's ice cold. And when I've got the fan and it's ice cold, I sleep great. Now, this is a really, 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 really goofy example, all right? But follow me for a second because this will make sense. That night, the fan did not prevent the storm from coming, but it allowed me to sleep through the storm. See, that's what the peace of God will do in our lives. The peace of God doesn't prevent the storm from coming. The peace of God allows us to have peace during the storm. That's what the peace of God does. Because sometimes God will calm the storm. Other times he'll calm us. Either way, the peace of God is promised to us. It's a fruit inside of us. No matter how crazy the storms get. And so I'm telling you, for us, the peace of God is like the fan in my room. It didn't stop the storm, but it allowed me to sleep through the whole thing. That's what the peace of God can do for every one of us. Peace. The next one... <laughs> If you know anything about me at all, um, you know this pours out of me. This is the one I'm the strong. No, I'm just kidding. This is the one I struggle with. I don't pray for this a lot. Because what I've discovered the hard way is 
um, when you pray for things, God will put you in situations where you need it, right? I, I was praying for this one time. I was like, I need more patience. I need more patience. I need more patience. I don't remember what was going on. I probably probably have another like rough morning or something. And so I was on my way to have lunch with the staff. I probably was pay- praying God help me have patience with the staff. I'm praying for patience on my way to have lunch with the staff. Hit every red light in Carol on the way. Every single red light. Everyone except for one. But at this one, there was a woman stopped at the green light. And a Prius <laughs> texting. Woo-sah, right? Please, God, please. I was in my son's truck, and I'm like, okay, God wants me to teach her a lesson. I'm just going to, like, push her through. Give her a little nudge. I, I didn't do that, but that's that's what I w- wanted to do, right? And so patience. Patience is that thing, man, that just in me. Like, I, I heard this about patience a long time ago, and it's so true. Although, although I, I struggle with it, it's super true. It's, it's patience isn't just putting up with stuff. Patience isn't just tolerating things. It's not just putting up with people or tolerating people. Patience is walking in faith. Knowing that God is going to bring about his will. Like God's will is going to happen in his time. Probably not our time. Probably never in Ryan's time. But God is going to bring about his will in his time. There's a, there's a guy that comes to church here. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you his name, but his wife has come here for years. Um, before I even was here, she, she came. But he never came. Um, one of our elders, his name is Stan Bream, um, prayed for him. Every elder meeting we had, every, every time we got together, actually, Stan prayed for this guy without fail. So, and, and I remember thinking after a couple of years, like, man, just knock it off. Like, like why, why do you waste our time in this meeting? Pray, like, I've talked to this guy. I've invited him to church. I've had conversations with him about God, about Jesus. Like, dude ain't coming. But Stan was persistent in praying. Anyway, long story short, he's here now. He's one of our very best volunteers. He's leading his family, doing incredible things for Jesus. And when I think about that, and I think about Stan, like I think about how discouraged you must have been, and how impatient. And there are times that probably you wanted to give up on that dude. But the fruit of the spirit, the the patience of God in Stan would not let him give up. And that's a reminder, the patience of God with us. He doesn't give up on us. As persistent as Stan was, and as patient as Stan was, even though there were times he was frustrated, you follow what I'm saying? Even though there were times he's probably frustrated and discouraged, this fruit inside of us gives us this patience and this persistence. God is so much more patient and persistent with us than Stan ever could have been. This patience. So these are the next one is kindness. I'm a, I don't know, I think I'm a kind person most of the time. Um, unless a couple of things happen. And usually these things happen around food. Number one, if we go to a restaurant and you don't know what you want to order, especially one that we go to all the time and the menu hasn't changed in 850 years, like Poncheros. 
what do you want to eat, Mary? I'm, I'm just making up names, all right? Uh, they got three things. Three. Three things. Three. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's all you're going to get anyway. It's a case of the Patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, right? Does that bother anybody else besides me? Come on. Like, all right. See, look around. Other people's hands are up. The other thing is bad service. Like bad service in me, man. I just, like you can have awesome food, but if the service is bad, I'm out. And I'm probably not going back. And so one time we go out to eat with a group of people. God knew I needed a sermon illustration. And so this is usually how this happens. So this waitress, she comes out, um, takes our drinks order, messes up everything. Like brought another table's drinks to us and it, it, it was crazy. And she goes back and she gets other drinks to fix it. It took her, I'm, I'm not kidding because at this point I'm like, okay, you're on the clock. And uh, it took her 11 minutes to bring back our drinks. She brings back our drinks and she takes everybody's order. She took our, she took our, um, appetizer order, the salad and the entree order, like all at the same time. Not like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to get the appetizer. You want an appetizer? Blah, blah, blah. Put that in while you're waiting for the food. Nothing. Took everything all at once. I'm like, okay, maybe she's busy. Maybe she's not Look around. Like there's not a lot of other people in there, but whatever. And so she gets the stuff. She's gone a half hour. 30 minutes. No exaggeration. She's gone a half hour. I've been in this place over 40 minutes. Our drinks haven't been refilled. I've got no food in front of me. I'm incredibly hangry and, 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 and I'm patient, right? <laughs> and so I'm looking around. I'm looking around for another wait, waiter, waitress. So I'd be like, hey, man, our server's gone. Can you just go get our food? Can you do something here? Like, I don't know what's going on. I'm getting ready to like call for the manager. And all of a sudden, here she comes walking out with the tray of food. She comes over, she puts the tray down, and she passes out the food. She puts food in front of everybody, except for guess who? And then she says this. Is there anything else I can get you guys? Yes, sir? How about my food? Maybe you could bring my food? Oh, you ordered? No! The fat guy at the table didn't order any food. I'm the designated driver of eating tonight. Yes, I ordered food. <laughs> she looks at me. And this is the words that come out of her mouth. I'm sorry. I forgot to write down your order. <laughs> Okay, you didn't like happen to think that there are 11 people sitting at this table. You've only got 10 things over here. Like you didn't think to like come back and do anything and ask or do any, like I am getting ready to blow up. And she looks at me and she says, I'm sorry. This is my first server job and this is my second night at work. Now let me tell you how the Holy Spirit works for me, for me. The Holy Spirit does not go, hey, idiot, be kind. For me, he might do that for you. But for me, the Holy Spirit goes. That's what he does. Every time. 
every single time. And so, like, while I wanted to absolutely explode and just go, like, are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding? Like, you do not bring my food in my heart. That's what I wanted to say. I'm telling you, I'm not near as godly as you guys think I am, all right? I'm just, I'm just not. But when the Holy Spirit does that to me, I was like, all right, you know what? It's okay. It's good. This is what I'd like to eat. Just take your time. Go back or tell them. Bring out the food. Like, just take care of us. You take care of us. We're going to take care of you. We'll be, we'll be your best table. Um, she didn't take care of us, Larissa and I. As a matter of fact, we hardly ever got drink refills or anything. Hardly ever saw her again until the end. And she brought the bill, and I opened it up, and God said, leave her a big tip. I said, you leave her a big tip. He said, I'm going to. All you have is mine anyway, preacher boy. And so you just leave it. I'll get it one way or another, so just give it to her. So I left her a big tip. Listen, listen to me. That was not me. That was the Holy Spirit in me. Because on my own, I'm complaining. I'm fussing. I'm yelling. I'm throwing a, I, I know you can't see this in your pastor, but I am. I am going absolutely, like I'm trying to get her fired. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm upset. But because the Holy Spirit lives in me, and, and listen to me, listen, listen, listen. I don't always get it right. I don't. But in that moment, like I, I like to tell you, every once in a while, I get it right. I tell you all the time about how bad I screw things up. But in that moment, in that moment, the kindness of God allowed me to get it right. That kindness is in all of us. So remember that today when you're driving home with somebody in the passenger seat who feels like they should be driving and they're giving you instructions on how to drive. I'm just saying hypothetically, I've heard a story or two. I'm just, just saying. Kindness. The next two, I'm going to hit real quick. We'll talk about next week. Um, goodness. Goodness. John MacArthur says goodness has to do with the spiritual moral excellence um, that is known by its sweetness and active kindness. Galatians chapter 6, 10 says, therefore, this is why we're going to talk about this next week in depth. Therefore, when we have the opportunity, we should go be, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. We need to be good to everyone, everyone outside of the walls, especially those inside of the walls, especially to each other, those of us here at church. And after that, goodness is faithfulness. That's the manifestation of the fruit of the spirit that pertains to loyalty and trustworthiness. Like think about, again, we're going to spend time talking about, thinking about and talking about the trustworthiness and the, the faithfulness of Jesus towards us. So these are the next one is gentleness. Gentleness. I think in the church world, we get this wrong. And I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, not just in the church world as a whole, but at Central Church, we have gotten this wrong in the past. Because we get so focused on fixing a person at all costs, that we forget about the person, a person created in the image of God. Like when we see a prodigal come home, like the prodigal son, you know the prodigal son story, right? The prodigal son, he, he came to his dad and he said, hey dad, I want all my wealth right now. I don't care if you're still living, you're dead to me. And so he took all of his, all of his inheritance and he went out and he squandered away and partying and wild living. He lost everything that he had and he's with the pigs and he realizes, the Bible says he came to his senses, which is like one of the greatest statements in the entire Bible. Like we can't get well until we come to our senses and admit that we have a problem. And so he comes to his senses and he says, even the hired hands at my father's house live better than this. I'm going to go back home. I'm going to ask my dad if I can be a servant. And so he goes back. And if you know the story, the father sees him and he's walking up the, the, the path. And the father runs out to him and hugs him and embraces him, smelling like pig poop and everything, and just loves him. But the other brother is mad. 
and he's upset. So often, we're the other brother. And we don't realize when a prodigal comes home, they don't need a lecture. They need love. So we need to learn how to hug people and throw parties. Like, like that's gentleness. I've, I've heard this, this phrase for years and I've grown, like, I think at one point I, I liked it and I embraced it. But the, the more, the more I grow in my faith, I've, I've learned to just, I can't stand this statement. And and you've heard it too. It's, it's love the sinner, hate the sin. Love the sinner, hate the, like that, that sounds great, right? Sounds awesome. Love the sinner, hate the sin. The problem with that. The problem with us saying that is oftentimes we focus so much on hating the sin that eventually hating the sin always leads to hating the sinner. So instead of love the sinner, hate the sin, we should probably learn how to say love the person. Just love the person. Just love the person. Love the person and let Jesus work out the rest in his time. Because what if, and, and, and this is this was a statement I'm going to make for our church. I don't know about other churches. I don't want to say I don't care about other churches because I do. I, I, I'm, I'm not worried about what other churches are doing. I, this, this church, this church is the church I know. And what if Central Church was known for our gentleness rather than our condemnation? Because I'm going to be honest with you, we haven't been in the past. There have been instances where we haven't, we haven't done this well. But I want to start doing this well. I want us to be the church that's known more for our gentleness than our condemnation. I think that'll change the world. I really do. I really do. Last but not least is self-control. Self-control. Now, it's no secret. I, I have, I'm open book, transparent. I've shared with this church. You know, you know lots and lots and lots about me. Um, I've had addiction issues most of my adult life. Um, I will share with you real quickly three that I've had. Food. Food has been a big addiction issue in my life. Now, I used to be obese. Like, I'm telling I wasn't a big. I was obese. And obesity, by the way, number, one of the number one killers in America today. Probably the world. Like, like, like I, I, I still, like, I'm still overweight, but, but it, was, it, was an, it was an addiction. It was bad. I had that problem. Number two is porn. I've been very open throughout my whole ministry that in... Before high school, in high school, in college, even for a couple of years while I was in Bible college, I had like, like pornography was a problem. I was like highly addicted to pornography. And then just about as everybody knows, I had drug and alcohol addictions. And, and, and listen, all of those things I can relate back to self-medicating. And, and you've heard me preach on this before. And so I won't go back into it a ton today. Um, you can go back and go online. You can listen to our addiction messages. We're going to do some addiction messages again, probably January, February, or early March um, into next year. Um, but today I will tell you, I'll tell you this today. By God's grace, by God's grace, I do not struggle with medicating with food. I do not struggle with medicating with porn. And I do not struggle with medicating with drugs and alcohol. And listen, it's not because I'm a strong person. It's not. It's because the Holy Spirit of God, over time, filled me with self-control. And while, listen, while I was able to overcome those addictions, I still have other areas I'm working on. Like, I've got things that are, like, new to me just in the past year or so, and I'm still learning how to overcome worry and anxiety and depression. And while I'm not there yet, I'm growing. And listen, it's it's not because I'm a strong person, because I'm I'm not. I'm not. I want you to think that I am, and so I probably portray to you that I am, 
but I'm not a strong person. It's the Holy Spirit of God in me, allowing me to have self-control, sometimes just to, sometimes just to make it through one more day. And listen, don't miss this. The same Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that's at work in me, if you're a Christian, is at work in you and will, will help you, probably do greater things for you than he does for me. But here's what you need to know. It's a surrender. Sometimes it's a daily surrender. It's you and me learning how to say, Jesus, today have your way. Jesus, today have your way. Jesus, today have your way. And sometimes, listen to me, sometimes it's two steps forward and one step back. Other times it's three steps forward and four steps back. But, but eventually we'll always get to where God wants us to go if we just say, God, today have your way in me. God, today, have your way. That's what the Holy Spirit does in our lives through a process of daily surrender. So I'll close out like this. What chain or chains do you need broken in your life? Because if you have chains that you need broken, would you be open to say, Jesus, today, through the power of your Holy Spirit, enable me, empower me to blank. Enable me to have kindness. Enable me to have gentleness. Empower me to start doing this, to stop doing that. I'm, I'm going to tell you, the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the grave lives inside of us. So, so we have the power to break any chain that's holding us in bondage today. Any chain. Any chain. So would you be willing to say that today? Because you're empowered. You're empowered by the Holy Spirit to break those chains. Let's pray. Father, today, thank you so much. There's so much power in your name. There's power to literally break every chain of worry, fear, addiction, depression, anxiety, doubt. God, those chains can be broken in your name and the fruit can be manifest in our lives. Mike's going to lead us in a a song. He's going to sing a couple verses of that Holy Spirit song that we sang at communion. And during that time, if there's anything you need prayer for, If you'd like somebody to pray with you or for you about maybe the chain you need broken or the chains you need broken in your life, there'll be people in the back corners of our sanctuary at our prayer stations who would love to pray with you and for you. The rest of us, we're going to stand and we're going to sing. And and, and we're going to continue to understand that the Holy Spirit is in us. And the Holy Spirit gives us power. And so, God, I just ask you right now to just remind us of your love, your grace, your mercy. Your love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness self-control in each of us. I ask you, God, over these next several moments to move in ways only you can through the power of your Holy Spirit in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name, amen.